If you happen to have a financial question for Peg or Bruce, you can call this number 24-7, 1-888-6-ADVICE. You can also email your questions to yourmoneyatwealthenhancement.com. And right now, you can also call or text our studio line at 651-461-9226. Now, here's Senior Vice President and Financial Advisor Peg Webb and the founder of Wealth Enhancement Group and Financial Advisor Bruce Helmer. Good morning to you both. Good morning, Denny and Bruce. Hi, Peg, and uh, hello, Denny Long. Good to be with you again, sir. Hey, Peg, we thought today um, we would talk about looking ahead to the third quarter of the year. And, and the first thought I had is, is that it seems weird to me that July is the beginning of the third quarter. July seems so middle of the year to me in many parts of the country. It's one of the nicest months uh, weather-wise. Um, many people listening right now are within a day or two of Independence Day or the 4th of July, and it just it does not feel like the third quarter. But technically, you know, July, August, September uh, is the third quarter of the year. So we're already to the third quarter. Doesn't it feel like it's gone so fast? Well, and Bruce, I remember when I was little and I was going to school that 4th of July meant that the summer was like half over. And now I feel like it's it just begins. And so just your uh, thought process when you're little versus when you're older like we are. Uh, but I do feel like uh, there's a lot of the summer left. And uh, talking to clients, they're having a great time. Yeah, well, and again, where this show originates in Minnesota, even though the official you know calendar beginning of summer is like June 20th or 21st. It, it, the unofficial beginning is kind of the beginning of June. That's and then that's when school gets out late May, early June. So that's seen as the beginning of summer. And in Minnesota, where where our show originates, oftentimes the weather in June can be still be cool and but not feel like summer. So you get into July and it, and it does finally feel like summer, but it's actually the beginning of the third quarter. And well, Peg, let's get right into it. The first two quarters have been a bad year in the economy. I mean, not just the stock market, but a lot of stuff going on that's got people feeling trepidatious about things. Yeah, you know, the um, the uh, number one, the volatility in the stock market. I think we all entered this year still on a emotional high of how much money we made in 2021. And all of a sudden, the volatility just started, and then we had runaway inflation, and then we have this war in Europe, and then we've got unrest in China, and, you know, we still have COVID lingering. And so, you know, what do we talk to our clients about in reviews now and coming up in the third quarter is, I have to say, Bruce, you know, you have to control what you can control. And you have to kind of um, relax about the fact that it is this volatile. And one thing I can tell you, Bruce, is because I do reviews every day of the week with my clients, and I'm feeling kind of a different subset here, meaning, yeah, the economy is all over the place and mortgages hit over 6%. And, you know, um, we're double digits. Uh, down in the stock market. And by the way, the bond market is down too. And how can this be? But yet I feel like COVID
COVID has kind of changed people in a way, meaning what's important to you at the moment. And so, you know, life continues to throw us uh, curveballs. But what I thought we would do, and we've been doing this series of let's look ahead to the next quarter. And we'll give you some tips as to, you know, what do we think you should be thinking about or what are we suggesting to our clients to think about in the next quarter, Bruce? Well, I like what you, I really like what you said, and, and we say it from time to time, but we can't say it too often, is to not worry about things you can't control because you can't control them. Focus on things you can control. And it may seem, you know, corny to some people, but in terms of the stock market or the bond market or your investments, no one can control that. It's like, and it's like the weather. You know, the, the, the weatherman, Paul Douglas might be able to say, here's what I think is going to happen in the next few days. And he's not going to be right all the time. It's not an exact science. But all you can do is, Focus on the things that you have control over. So, so, again, to equate it to weather, you can't control if it's going to rain or not, but you can control if you bring a raincoat or an umbrella or you park close to where you're going so you don't have to run through the rain outside or whatever. There's things you can control, but you can't stop it from raining. You can't stop the stock market from going down, but there's things that you can do to ease that pain, to ease the the trepidation you might be feeling so far this year and that's some of the things we'll talk about uh, uh, that you can do even uh, in this third quarter but the other thing peg and I'm, I'm posing the question to you but also denny jump in and, and i want to hear from listeners we keep hearing and i know it's statistically factual we keep hearing about you know and, and i see it at the pump i see it at the grocery store we keep hearing about inflation we know the markets have been bad, stocks and bonds. And by the way, all these things, this is not unique to America. If you look around the world, the price of a gallon of gas around the world is actually more expensive in most countries than it is in the U.S. So this inflation and these bad markets are a global thing. It is not unique just to America. So the whole world's going through this. So we keep hearing all this. We keep hearing this gloom and doom. But Peg, I got to tell you. Within the last couple of weeks, I've been you know, in a restaurant on a Monday or a Tuesday night, nights that you think it would be slow, and it's packed. I've been to the airport a couple of times. I've flown a couple of times in the last few weeks, and the airports are absolutely stacked up. The TSA security, it's a half hour to get through. People are traveling. People are going out, and I think this gets to this sort of um, pent-up demand thing that we have because of COVID that people are, even though it's still out there, people are vaccinated now and, and, and they've just decided they're going to live again. They're not going to let COVID, you know, restrict them. And they're not going to, seemingly, based on my observation, they're not going to let inflation in a down stock market restrict them either. So my question is to listeners and to you guys, is the price of gas at the pump or has inflation has it changed your behavior? Have you pulled back and not done something you normally would have done? Or have you changed your shopping habits at the grocery store and you're not buying certain things because they're too expensive right now? I, I, I'm really be curious to know if it's impacting people's lives. Peg, what are you hearing from your clients? Well, I, I, I see that everything is absolutely normal, meaning they are outspending. I mean, in these reviews, I'm I'm asking them, 
you know, what are some big ticket items that you think you're going to purchase in the next year or two? Or are you going to go on a big trip? Are you going to, I mean, these clients are booking out three years for these trips that they want to take because they feel like they've missed out on life for a couple of years. And not only are they going to take themselves, they're taking the entire family where one client reported the other day that I needed to set aside 150000 because that's how much it's going to take to take all their family members on this trip. And that's what's important to them. And guess what? I was able to tell them that you can afford this. So part of this is, yes, the airports are so busy. I, too, Bruce, was in a restaurant on Tuesday night, and it was, I could not eat. I had to wait to get in. I think part of this, Bruce and Denny, is, you know, people have confidence in their wages and in their employment because we constantly talk about the fact that, you know, everybody's looking for workers. And, yes, we are paying our um, our uh, employees and in our corporations more than we've paid them in the past. And, actually, I think that's a good thing. Uh, but they have this confidence to get out and do things. Now, Bruce, I thought too with the with the airport that these tickets were purchased a long time ago because there is tons of kids on these planes, right? And they're flying back and forth and doing things because it is the summer, but those tickets may have been bought two or three months ago. Now tickets are up 15, 20% from what I used to pay. Uh, and I'm noticing that uh, every single time I go and search for a new airline ticket. And, I, and, and I've um, two out of the last four trips that I've had uh, have been canceled. And I, I missed my plans, you know. So people have to be more thoughtful and, and plan and, uh, because the, the world here is changing a little bit. Bruce? Yeah, and uh, so in the second half of the show, the things that we're about to talk about in terms of the third quarter, we'll certainly, Danny, as always, take uh, questions on anything we talk about or any financial question people have. But I want to hear from people also that either aren't changing their lifestyle or they are changing their lifestyle because inflation and what they're doing different, how it's impacting them. And again, that number is 651-461-9226. Peg, what, what are some things that people should, let's give people some tips or advice on financial things they can do in this third quarter? Yeah, so let's start with July. I mean, we were coming into that summer weather, which you mentioned, everybody wants to have a good time. You know, we often think about the song, you know, live the life you love and love the life you live. I mean, so to a degree, right? So now what are we doing day to day with clients and reviews? absolutely checking the asset allocation. Yes, stocks are down, bonds are down, but stocks are down more than bonds are down. And by the way, bonds have recovered a little bit. So when you think about your allocation, and let's just say you were 50% in the stock market and 50% in fixed income or cash or things like that, it's very possible that you're out of alignment because your stocks are down and what rebalancing or looking at your allocation, I look at those as um, two things in one subset, is asset allocation. If you're 50-50, you should probably be buying some stocks when they're down now. That's the reason 
you know, you look at your allocation to see if you're on track. And then the second one is, Bruce, the rebalancing in your portfolio. Not everything is down. You know, do you have the right allocation going forward with things that are happening in the economy and around the world? Fortunately, Bruce, for you and I, Wealth Enhancement Group, our investment team, which is 51 people strong right now, they are looking at this and they've made some moves last December and in March in anticipation of where we're sitting today. But if you're out there and you don't have that kind of help, you need to look at your portfolio based on risk tolerance and then what do a deeper dive, what's in uh, those investments that you currently hold. Bruce? Well, I love everything you just said, but I'll just jump on the, the idea of rebalancing. Again, for listeners that don't know, um, it's as Peg said, it's putting your, your portfolio back in what you think is the appropriate balance or the appropriate percentage of stocks to bonds to other asset classes that you might have in your portfolio. But the beauty of rebalancing, Peg, and, and you said it, but I want to emphasize it is, Everybody listening to me right now knows that you want to buy low and sell high. And when you rebalance, that assures that's what you're doing. If you go out and buy stocks right now, you're buying them lower than what they were at the high, at, you know, at the beginning of the year, at the end of last year. And that's what you want to do. Your, your stock percentage is not as high a percentage of your portfolio as you want it to be. So you buy stocks. Rebalancing assures that we're buying low and selling high. So I agree with you. It's a great time to review and double-check that asset allocation. But the other point I want to emphasize is as bad as this year has been so far, and it's been bad, it really hasn't hurt most people that are long-term investors. And what I mean by that is the market has been up considerably. You said last year, but really – with very few exceptions, yeah. the market's really been up since 2009. So what you're down this year, if you've been in the market the last decade or the last 12 or 13 years, you didn't lose money. You just lost a little bit of what you've made in the last decade. Your rate of return over since 2009, even with this year's retraction, is still pretty darn good on an annual basis. And you should still, still feel very good about where you're at. The only way it probably hurts and feels bad is if you're new to the market and just got in, you know, within the last year, you're going, you know, why did I do this? Why did, uh, why did I think this would be a good idea? This stinks. Hang in there. Market retractions are normal. We know they're going to happen. We don't know how long they're going to last or how long they're going to go, but we know they're going to happen. This too shall pass. So um, I like what you said about rebalancing and, and, uh, what are some other things, uh, third quarter tips for people, Peg? Well, third quarter, I would get your cash working. I mean, I there is probably $4 trillion sitting out there in cash. And part of that is because of COVID, you know, people weren't spending. But part of it is, too, they were waiting for good buys. And even if you're on the fixed income side and you want to keep some money safe, there are alternatives today that I feel like people have not researched bonds and all different types of bonds, you know, over the um, last decade or so because they weren't paying anything. But yet now you can get some better yields. Secondly, with the uptick in prices on everything we buy, goods and services, 
it's a good time to see if you have anything in your portfolio that is an inflation hedging assets. Because they were so down in the dumps for the last 13 years as the stock market was just growing, people ignored that particular asset class. And I think this inflation is here to stay, maybe not at the level we're at right now, but I think it's here to stay. And so um, all everybody from all ages should be looking at something that uh, keeps up with inflation. Now, we talked about this, Bruce, a couple of weeks on the show uh, ago, where the stock market just in general has been something historically that has kept up with inflation. So that's a good reminder for people. But then there's also specific inflation hedge type of things that you can purchase. Bruce? What do you mean by that? Give the listener an example. I, I think that they might be wondering what we mean by inflation hedges. Yeah, so um, we have a portfolio that's called inflation-focused. And one of the um, holdings in there are commodities. So as we talk about oil and the fact that it is is at an all-time high and we're paying a lot of money, you know, to fill our gas tank, um, that's something that people are participating is in these commodities. Also, currency has changed around the world. So in our inflation-focused portfolio, we invest in currency and the, the U.S. dollar. And then we often have talked about these Treasury inflation protection bonds over the weeks because they've become very popular because uh, they are cal- the, the interest rate is calculated based on the current inflation. So that's what I mean, Bruce, is just looking at things that absolutely go up when inflation rears its ugly head. Um, the other one I think of and, and is precious metals. Uh, people tend to like gold and silver and other pr- uh, precious metals in inflationary times. So, yeah, so there's things you can do to make your portfolio a little stronger uh, in inflationary times. Take we won't, in the second half, I, I hope listeners you know, will, will drive a lot of the show. Um, so we'll, let's try to get through the other things that we uh, have as advice for them. In the third quarter, let's turn to August, and it seems weird, but that's the next month, and August is already when you start thinking about going back to school, which seems crazy yeah. right now. Yeah, so, you know, people are always, uh, August 1st, you just start thinking, you would start shopping for school things. Uh, we, we, we talk a lot about these 529s for college savings, and, you know, our clients, you know, they, they, a lot of people are having children, you know, later in life. So when I think about it, you know, these are 40-year-olds having their newborns. And so we encourage both that, those clients in their 40s, 50s, but also their grandparents to start a 529 plan. And instead of buying all sorts of fluffy items for school, and I mean, there's, you know, lots of things you can purchase some are necessary, some are maybe not as necessary. Consider taking some of those dollars that you may have otherwise just spent for something that may be um, worth nothing in a short period of time. You start this 529 plan. And then also, Bruce, I believe that it's time to um, look at paying down debt with interest rates so high right now. Uh, and the fact that now you can make some money on your money and you are maybe earning more money and because of higher wages for people. I just hate debt that you have no nothing to back it with, meaning a house is fine, a car is an asset, 
But if it's just to buy things and you get nothing from it, that's bad debt. And I like I would like people to just focus on paying that off. Bruce? Yeah, and I'll, I'll even add to that, uh, to pay off or get rid of bad debt and try not to allow debt to occur in the first place. Try to live within your means. Keep an eye on your expenses. Um, again, these are things you should do all the time. But in particular, when when the, when the markets are bad and and you know people are talking about heading towards a recession, we certainly have inflation. When the economy is bad and it seems to be impacting your life, these things become even more important. So we talked about you know saving for education. We talked about uh, watching your expenses, paying off debt, uh, putting inflation protectors in your portfolio. If anyone, Danny, wants to ask more questions about any of these things, the second half of the show or text or comment, we'll do that. Or if anyone wants to jump into the conversation and just talk about how this economy has changed their life for better or for worse or what they're doing that they wouldn't normally do, we'll take all those calls. Very good. As uh, we uh, take this uh, quick break, 651-461-9226. That number can work either your text question or a phone call, 651-461-9226. We'll have more of your money. If you happen to have a financial question for either Peg or Bruce, you can call this number 24-7-1888-6 Advice. And you can also email your questions to your money at wealthenhancement.com. During the show, though, you can call or text our studio line. In fact, you can do that right now, 651 461 9226. Again, 651 461 9226. Once again, here's Senior Vice President and Financial Advisor Peg Webb and the founder of Wealth Enhancement Group, Financial Advisor Bruce Helmer. Good morning again. Thank you, Danny Long. Hey, Peg, I, I, I want you to do a couple things if you don't mind. Um, kind of summarize or, or, or put a bow on this topic or, or make sure you give uh, listeners what you think are the key takeaway or two or three um, so, that, so that they really have something they can sink their teeth into uh, after the, the show is over. But also, uh, and, and maybe it, it, it's related, um, is there a particular question or questions that you're getting from clients right now in reviews? Is there something that's standing out because of what's gone on in the economy or the time of year that we're at? Is there anything in particular that, that people seem focused on? But let's, let's give listeners some key takeaways. If you'll do that for us, that'd be awesome. Yeah, a couple things, um, Bruce and Denny. One is I'm very, very busy in the reviews checking asset allocation. And I know that if stocks are down, historically, they've always come back. I don't know when, I don't know how long it's going to take, but I focus, and so does the Wealth Enhancement Group uh, Roundtable, on getting back to the asset allocation that you're comfortable with. Now, what I won't do is allow people to just start getting very conservative. Oh, I don't like this. I just don't see anything positive coming up. Um, I want to change my allocation. I want to become more conservative. Well, that takes a lot of thought and calculations because if you do that, you could very well run out of money before you run out of time. And then a big point is rebalancing within your portfolio. One of the things I want to mention today is because we're talking about the third quarter of this year. 
when is the best time to go see or meet a financial advisor is in that quarter. So many people are busy with their lives and um, enjoying the summer and fall, but yet you have a lot of access and we have access and availability for uh, new people to come in. I'm getting lots of referrals right now and getting them in quickly. And we are just so jazzed that we're seeing people face to face. I thrive on seeing people and um, it just changes my entire attitude is be able to, to see people. And so if you have availability and you're looking to, you know, maybe interview someone new for a financial advisory um, uh, addition or you, you know, you've never worked with one, uh, Wealth Enhancement Group, Bruce, offers this, as you know, free introduction. Get to know one another. Look at, uh, look at your situation. What are you looking for in a financial advisor? And then Wealth Enhancement Group's advisors can say, oh, we can help you with that. Or maybe we can't, but we're going to tell you right there that are there and what it would cost. Bruce? Well, I, yeah, I didn't know you were going to go down that road, but I think you're right. You know, and, and Peg, if listeners think about it, times when maybe they wouldn't want to do this, you know, maybe maybe in July they don't want to go see an advisor because they want to enjoy their summer and go to the cabin or whatever, or maybe they don't want to do it in the holiday season. So a lot of the times where they're distracted, guess what? So are we. So we have certain, I mean, we're never not open, but we're, we have busier times and slower times. So you're right. Going into the third quarter in particular, I think is a, is a, is a great time to do it. Um, and, and again, I didn't want to, I didn't know you were going to go down this road and I don't want to turn it into a commercial, but I know I'm going to be getting out there again, you know, for a couple of years, I didn't do any public speaking because of COVID and I'm getting out there again in the fall. And when I do my, my public speaking, one of the challenges I always give audiences is, what have you got to lose if you come in and see us? There's no cost. There's no obligation. There's really no downside. Why would you not do it? Just come in, have a conversation, see if it feels right. And if you want to move forward, great. And if you don't, you haven't lost anything. In fact, most people tell me they gain just from having the meeting and preparing for the meeting. They have a better understanding of what they have and what they need to do. Even if they don't engage our services, the experience or the exercise is valuable. So I'm like, why would you not do this? But uh, I get it. You know, it, you have to take time, and, and time is a valuable commodity, and I don't want to ignore the, the – but that's really your only cost is the time that it takes to have the meeting. So, yeah, I encourage that also. And then how about before we go to uh, hopefully uh, some texts and some callers, um, what questions are, are you getting most prevalent right now? Well, because we're comprehensive planners and we are uh, assisting with cash flow, it is, can I continue to, continue to spend what I'm spending? Can I afford to take this trip? Can I afford to be continuing to gift to my uh, children and my grandchildren? Um, and, you know, what's interesting, Bruce, is we don't necessarily – guide based on the markets in the moment, right? We're looking at a longer term view, but I would say, you know, we, we tell the people the truth. And I, and I love this about us that if I don't believe somebody can afford something or they can, or they're spending more than we had calculated, that's a safe uh, spend. 
we are honest. I tell them and no, and yeah, sometimes it's hard and they look at me like, I don't like you right now, but I have to tell the truth because they'll, they'll thank me. And in the decades I've done this, I've had people come to me and thank me for being that disciplined because the long-term effect was grand versus them just taking control and spending. So that's, that's a big one, Bruce. Yeah, and I'm getting the same, uh, I, I would call it a, a variation of the same question. Can I, you know, some people that were going to retire this year are wondering if they can still afford to retire, or people that were retired are wondering if they have to cut back on their spending. And I'm quick to point out, Peg, I show them, I'm, I'm like, look, when we did these forecasts or projections, forecasts are linear. They have to be because there's no way we can anticipate ups and downs in the market or inflation or interest rates. So we make assumptions that, you know, as an example, we might say the aggregate return on all of your money over the course of your lifetime will be 6%. And in reality, there may not be any one year that's 6%. It may range from 20% to a negative return, but 6% is the average. So what I'm pointing out to my clients now that have these concerns, and I alluded to this a little bit in the first half of the show, is even with the retraction this year, your average return over the years is still on all of your money is still a lot higher than the six that we assumed. You're still ahead of the projection. So at this point, you don't have to change anything. You can still retire when you thought you wanted to. You can still enjoy the same uh, standard of living at retirement that we told you you could. Nothing has changed yet. Now, if, if this market goes lower and lasts longer, that, that answer could change. But so far, for the vast majority of my clients, nothing has changed. And I, I think listeners should take heart with that information also. If you've been in the market a long time, you're probably still in a very, very good position. All right, Danny, let's get listeners involved. Yeah, a couple of comments earlier. Uh, for those uh, maybe joined the show a little bit late, you and Peg were talking about what we've seen, the doom and gloom because of the market in the news, what we're reading. Yet, on the other hand, we see airports crammed with people. Uh, traveling, people by car, buying the gas. Uh, and a, a couple of comments came in uh, as you requested. And to see if you if you're, uh, you asked if your lifestyle has changed because of uh, these things. Well, this texter says, I'm definitely shopping very carefully at the grocery stores and adjusting purchases based on the increase in food prices. Uh, but this is a comment, I think, that, that changed a, a lot of folks. Still working from home, so still not having to fill my gas tank often. That was one comment. Uh, mm-hmm. And another one came in and said, people are doing the things they want to do. The mindset is, quote, we will pay the price, but we will not count the cost. A couple of comments there about uh, your earlier request. Peg, you want to comment on that? Well, I absolutely. We're hearing this every day. Um, and I, I like that the uh, still working from home. Yes. Uh, the, the employers today are going to remain giving the employees flexibility. Uh, and so I would argue, though, Bruce, that um, as I'm commuting, you know, again, the highways are packed like they were pre-COVID. I have to tell you in the, you know, the rush hour in the morning and the rush hour at night. And my clients are saying that as well. Um, also, I just want to comment on on the um, the retirement piece that you brought up, Bruce, because I have clients that are in their early 60s 
late 50s, making the decision, and this is based on COVID and things that have happened. And with the time I have left, I want to enjoy. We've been running a lot of projections. And my clients are, they brought this up to me recently. Let me use my Roth IRA to get me to, you know, my Social Security and my Medicare 65 years old and keep me in a super low tax bracket because Roth IRAs are tax-free. They've held them long enough that they're tax-free. They've had a lot of growth on these Roths. So we're running projections with a combination of Roth IRA money, cash, and they will show very little on their income tax return. And then, yes, they'll pay more, you know, down the road because they probably can't afford now to take out of their IRA and have it be taxable. But we do these calculations and we tell them, hey, we're looking out 10, 20 years and this does make sense. So that alone, Bruce, has given people uh, the confidence to be be able to retire, even though this economy is the way it is uh, today. Yeah, and you know the the comment, um, and, and and it's kind of piggybacking on what what we said in the first half of the show: the crowded airports, the crowded restaurants, the, this this idea of pent up demand from COVID. So, so let's look at this again. So, a lot of the headwinds that we faced in the markets and in the economy, we're, we're driven by COVID. Um, there's no question about that. Even the supply chain issues are partly shortage of workers, COVID-related people not going to work um, or not wanting to you know, be out in public anymore, the shutdown in China because of COVID. So supply chain issues, uh, worker shortage issues, uh, inflation, even inflation to a certain degree, is a, is, a, is a causal effect of some of these other things, worker shortages and things caused by COVID. So the first six weeks of the year, Peg, when I was sitting in review meetings and the market was down to start the year, I was telling my clients in reviews that I was still bullish, even though we were off to a bad start, because I thought as we came out of COVID into a, quote, new normal or learn to live with it better, that pent-up demand would be one of these things that would drive the economy and drive the market in a positive direction. There's some other things as well, technological advancements and, and so forth. There's other reasons to be optimistic. But the thing that, that changed was when uh, Russia invaded Ukraine. There's such an economic global impact because of that war. Ukraine is something like, I don't know, I want to say 13% of the world's food Russia is a huge part of the world's petroleum. So that war economically is really the wild card now that I think has dragged down the global economy. I think if there, if there could be a, a, an end to that, and of course there's no end in sight and nobody knows what Putin will do or what he's capable of, but that's the big wild card or the big factor right now. I think there's a lot of reasons to be optimistic about the global economy if, only, if it only wasn't for that 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 dang war, and not to trivialize war. I mean, we could sit and gripe about our you know, price of gas. We're not in Ukraine losing loved ones and you know, being you know, attacked by Russia. So it's obviously um, a, a bigger human factor beyond just the economic factor. But that's really the big thing right now, I think, that's really hurting not just you know, us in this country, but, but everywhere. Any more texts? 
Yes, indeed. Uh, here's one. Uh, let's see. A 65-year-old retired person uh, has uh, 470000 in my investments, 401k rollover, and IRA. I've lost on paper 100000 and am retired. I don't plan on pulling anything until I have to at 72. The question is, do you think I should leave my investments alone? Peg, you want to go first? I do. Um, thank you. Uh, what what I believe and what Wealth Enhancement Group believes is if indeed you are okay with the allocation of risk, I mean stocks, bonds, cash, you know, other things can be included in that um, safer side as well. But But when you're thinking about your allocation, if you're comfortable with that allocation, and nothing's really going to change because you have so much time before 72. And even if you're mandated to pull money out, and this is probably the boldest point I want to make, is people feel like when they turn 72, oh, my, I, I got to take this money out. But you can reinvest it. So you can reinvest. And I, and I coach clients just this week about this. And it, it regards to required minimum distributions. They're like, I don't want to have to take my required minimum distribution this year. The, the markets are terrible. Well, many people are not using that required minimum distribution to live off. All we do is we invest it again in a non-IRA account. But you have to follow the same asset allocation if you're going to do that. Otherwise, you're going to be selling stocks. You're going to be selling bonds low if you don't go into the same allocation. So what I like about this texter is that, you know, they, they identify what their loss is. And I like the words on paper. And if indeed, you know, I, I don't know that I would make any changes right now um, unless there is some kind of life-changing event that you didn't know about before January 1st of this year, Bruce. Well, and just to add to that, and, and you do this better than I do, you do this better than anybody I know, but you talk about different monies for different time horizons. So if you're getting close to 72 and you, and you know you're going to have required minimum distributions, a portion of that IRA should be in a cash position so you can spend the smartest money first. Our goal, and, and, and I think we're pretty successful at it, our goal is to not have our clients have to sell stocks at an inopportune time. If the market's down, there's a cash position that you can use cash instead of selling stocks. If the market's high and you want to sell stocks and lock in those gains, take those winnings off the table, then you leave the cash alone. But I was going to compliment you earlier, Peg, also when you talked about your clients that are using Roth IRA to bridge the gap, I was going to say they're so fortunate that they have Roth money because a lot of people listening to us right now don't. And I know they have it because of you, because you've got them to put it there, probably, in most cases. So both, both using all three types of inv uh, investments from a tax standpoint, tax-deferred, tax-advantaged, and, uh, ta and uh, fully and immediately taxable, but then also diversifying by asset class and having some safe money for, for the short term. And by the way, your safe money, not that I'm uh, um, going to have a parade or crack a bottle of champagne, but the interest rates are up on savings. My my, my account that was 0.3 not that long ago is up to 1% right now. So the, as interest rates go up for borrowers, it also goes up for savers. So that's, you know, there's some good news in all this economy. 
Denny, you want to take another text or call we or have, question? Maybe, or maybe we have time. Maybe we have time for one more. The question is, what are you advising your clients about when to take RMDs this year? Oh, yeah. Again, because, I, 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 yeah. Go ahead. No, you go ahead, Peg. Sorry. Oh, that, well, we're talking about it every day at our job, and what I'm doing is, I once again, it's are you needing it for income? Are you reinvesting it? That's two different answers. So if you need it for income, um, one of the things that Wealth Enhancer Group does so well is that I love that last year was a huge stock market and a huge value increase for all of our clients because those are the years that we position more money into short term. Um, And because it was so dramatic, we reposition money into short investments And we want to have three years, if not five years worth of safe money to run through if we go into a recession. And so our clients are positioned well, but still with this required minimum distribution, I am in some cases just waiting till the end of the year, um, even if I'm reinvesting, because part of that required minimum distribution, there's an IOU to the IRS. So I normally do withholding on several RMDs, and I don't necessarily want to send the money to the government quite yet. I'd wait till later in the year. Bruce? Well, I think also, Peg, there had been some talk in some of the proposed legislation that they were going to increase the age of required minimum distribution yet again. But the way things are going now, I think that's all just talk. I don't think anything is going to pass. They can't agree on anything. How are they going to agree on that? But I think that's part of the mo- why people are wondering about it because they've heard or read those news stories that RMD might not be 72. It might go to some older age. But at this point, that has not changed yet. Denny, are we almost out of time? Or we, we, got, uh, we are plumb out of time. We'll, uh, okay. we'll carry on again next week. Uh, but thank Have you both. Have a good holiday, everybody. Yes, thank you. Happy uh, 4th to all. Uh, and if you happen to have a financial question for Bruce and Peg, maybe midweek, 24-7, you can use this number, one eight 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 six advice You can also send your emails to your money at wealthenhancement.com. Again, call 888-6-ADVICE or send your question via email, your money at wealthenhancement.com. Back next week with more of Your Money.